0: I'm so thankful for he and his family, amen, for how God's using him in this assembly and has used them all across the state, amen, we love you, Brother Mason, preach the word. Thank you, Brother Chris, good to be in the house of the Lord tonight, and I tell you what, I don't know why we just didn't go on to do what we were doing, <laughs> praise God. I do have something I feel like tonight, I have tweaked it a little bit time to time that's alright in my 9 o'clock prayer this morning I felt like that God was trying to tell me that somebody was going to be here tonight that needed what I had to say I'm not here to be seen I'm not here to uh, glorify anything in me because there's no glory in me, it's all in the master but I am here tonight to be heard can you say praise the Lord tonight And in the interest of time, I'll just say this. I appreciate this church and our pastor. I appreciate uh, him trusting me to be in the house of God standing right here and him not here. He had that much faith in me tonight. And I tell you what, I would never do anything intentionally to harm him or this church. I told someone just the other day, I said, I don't know of any place I could have gone and just walk in, and a few people I know and a whole lot of people I didn't know and be treated like I have. You've treated me nice, great, exceptionally. Whatever other adjective you want to uh, use, well, you can say that, all right? But I want you to note tonight, church, that we're still in prayer for Brother Sis. Prayed for him in my meeting this morning. and You know, we've had some good preaching and we've had some good teaching. i just got to say this before I move on. Brother Jones and, and Brother Kevin, they did a tremendous job just a couple weeks ago. Expounding the oneness of the Godhead. And that's what it's all about. I talked to my cousin just today. He was down in Alabama. And we was talking about the things that's happening. And I said, well, I'm not too awful concerned. I'm praying for Israel. But I said, I want you to know that I'm not worried about it because I believe God is big enough. How many remembers 1967? I didn't see any hands go up. Now, I know I'm not the oldest one here. But in 1967, you know, they said the same thing that they're saying tonight. Oh, it's going to be a long war. That's what they said. Now, you younger ones who don't know what I'm talking about, you can look it up in the history books, all right? I want you to know tonight, church, they said that then. In six days, it was all over. One man said it looked just like that it was a supernatural force that was fighting for them. It was. And I'll say this. We know that Israel is going to pay a price because they did not accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. We know that. If this is the beginning of it, the church is fixing to leave here. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord tonight? I said, I believe the church is about ready to leave here. And when the church gets ready to go, I want to be in that number. Praise God. And I tell you what, I believe it was Palm Sunday that Brother Cook preached a great message that morning. On, I believe it was reconciliation. Uh, my memory serves me right. And the older you get, your, your memory don't work hardly as good as it used to. All right? And I know you're standing. Just give me just a little time. All right? And, you know, that night, that just kind of set the stage for Brother Kevin Cook, uh, wherever he might be. Anyway, uh, preaching his message that he had. And he's, he brought him about bringing out of the pit or coming out of the pit. And you know, just not long after that, about a couple, three weeks ago, Brother Jim preached a message. And, uh, I guess I'm a little partial. I guess I'm just a little partial to that one because about 53 years ago, I earned that right to be just a little partial. Well, you've been standing long enough. Let's read it in God's Word. Let's move on. I'll be reading tonight from Jeremiah Chapter 2, in one verse, chapter 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Pray, Chris, would you ask a blessing tonight? Come around and look at somebody and say, I'm going to help him preach tonight while you're being seated, all right? Now, I realize tonight that Jeremiah was talking about his people. I understand that. But I would like for a few moments tonight, and I I promise you I will try my best not to be real long-winded tonight, all right? But I want you to know that I really would like to go just a little bit of a different avenue on that. Because if I could, I could say my title is Fix It. Now, there's an old saying around the automotive industry that if it's not broken, don't try to fix it. I'm saying tonight, fix it. If your life is broken tonight, fix it. You know, if you're brokenhearted, I understand that. I've been that. The devil puts that backpack on me every now and then. I have to buck him off in Jesus' name. If you're depressed, we're living in a time where everybody is suicidal. Everybody's got a mental health problem. No, they've got a lack of Jesus problem. You know, when you take prayer out of, church, out of the school and don't let them come to the house of God to church, I want you to know anything can happen. So if you desire a move of God in your life tonight, if you would just stay with me to the very ending, the very ending is the punchline. So the first step in it is, if you please, the word said he'd forsaken the fountain of living waters. Now, I want you to know tonight that uh, the forsaking of God was the root of all the sins. When the prodigal son, when he got in trouble under his parents' roof, if you please, he knew nothing of the want. He didn't know anything about Uh, having to get food, he didn't know anything about buying clothes, or he didn't even know anything about having to make a living. But when he left the house, when he left his home, if you please, he found out that there wasn't nothing out there for a child that's once known God. Are you hearing me tonight? I said, there's nothing out there for anybody that's once known God. You hear people say, oh, uh, but you just don't know what I've been going through. We've all gone through things. But I want you to know my God is big enough tonight. If you look at what Luke said, he said that there was a, this man, and the story is, and I'm not going to read it all, uh, that he had two sons and said one of them, the younger one, said, give me, give me what you owe me. Give, just give it to me now. And he left. And uh, paraphrased and to move on down, the word teaches us tonight that when he spent all I haven't found any words where it said how, what he did get everything. I don't know what kind of monetary value that it was, but it said when he spent all, there was a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And then he came to himself. Stay with me now. I, I promised you a short one tonight if you're to stay with me, all right? And what, what did he do? He said when he came to himself, but no man would give anything to him. I want you to know tonight, church, there's nothing out there for a child who wants to known God. Nothing. So the first sin tonight that led to all the evil things that overtook him was when he, when he came against his parents. The Bible teaches us tonight to honor your father and your mother. And we're living in a time where that's not happening anymore, it seems like. So the two evils, they forsake God, the fountain of life, the light, the prosperity, and happiness. And the second thing they did, they hewed out broken cisterns. They joined themselves to idol gods, if you please. And they, an idol god can't do anything for you. you. If you're going to serve an idol god, you might as well just be praying to this Bible stand. At least the Bible stand would be good to start a fire with. Idol gods can't even do that. So we've got to watch our heart tonight. That's why Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4 says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Have you left your first love tonight? I'm not talking about in the natural, I'm talking about God tonight. Stay with me just a few minutes tonight. You know, uh, when they preach these messages on Palm Sunday, that could be the result of why we're having the type of services that we're having right now. And you know, it's been said you know, a couple of times I was uh, on the schedule. That don't bother me. You know, because God can do more. He can do more in 15, 20 minutes than I can do in two weeks. Because he's that kind of God tonight. So you know, tonight, church, as we begin to uh, look at this and we begin to see, And if I could just uh, do a quick, Automotive, okay? So I won't give you an automotive lesson. And Brother Cosman's not in here to help me out. Because it's been a long time. But I believe it was in 1996, they standardized the onboard diagnostics port. And it used to be you had a light. How many's got an automobile tonight? Do you remember the times when you just had a little red light? Or do you have the little... Icon looks like an engine. We used to call it an idiot light, all right? Now it's just a uh, little icon, if you please. And so, you know, you take your, something happens to your automobile and you take it to the uh, shop. You take it down to Brother Cosmo's uh, garage. Now I'm, I'm talking about him tonight, so it, uh, just, that can be all a little secret, all right? You take it down there and say, brother, I've got a problem. My light's on. I, I got a light, and it's got a little bitty engine there. It's not a motor. It's an engine. Come on now. I just got to insert this. If it was a motor, it would be an electric motor, but engine is gasoline-powered or diesel-powered or whatever. I want you to know tonight, church, that you say, i got a problem with it. This little light is on. And it's just not running right. So what does he do? My brother goes to the back. He pulls out a $3,000 snap on the diagnostic tester. And he brings and puts it on there. And he says, okay, it's code so-and-so. And he looks it up. It's going to cost you. Uh, well, the, the person said, how much is it going to cost now? Well, just, just let me, let me uh, tell you what all it's doing. No, I just want to know what it's going to cost. Now, when you say that, you're beginning to count the cost. Are you following me tonight? You've got to count the cost tonight. He gives you the price of what it's going to take to repair it. At that point, you have two choices. I bet Brother Jim preached on choices the other night. So after you found found out what it was going to cost, you begin to meditate in your mind. Come on now. Look at me. In your mind. So you make your mind up, I'm going to either fix it now or I'm going to wait a while. Fix it. Fix it now. This is where I'm coming from tonight. To the individual's. That God was speaking to tonight. You can fix it tonight. You can fix it tonight. You don't have to wait for tomorrow, but you can fix it tonight. But you have to count the cost. Whatever the cost might be, we have to make it. We need the church. You need the church. We got to have the church, and we got to have fellowship one with another. I tell you what, I had fellowship with Brother Bogle. Sunday at dinner Denny's and enjoy their friendship and their fellowship. We need fellowship one with another. That's why Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner some is, but exhorting one another so much as the more as you see the day approaching. So it does cost something to serve God. Now let me tell you a little story. It's a short one. A few years back, not, not too awful long ago, there was a young lady that come to the house of God when I was still pastor, and I knew her. I well, I didn't really know her that well, but I knew her parents, both the mama and the daddy, both. And she got caught up in the music. Now it's easy to get caught up in the music when things is a bouncing, and it was a bouncing that night. Now we kept uh, watering the bab street. Now, it wasn't that high. You know, you could walk over again. But anyway, uh, she got caught up, and she was marching around the uh, Bible stand. That's fine. I had no problem with that. And she come up to me, got right in front of me, and stopped and said, pitch me in. <laughs> and I said, say what? She said, pitch me in. So I assumed she was talking about the water. So There was another guy there, and they started singing a song, you know, how we have to do the cover. And uh, I motioned for Pat to come follow me. We took her to the office, and we began to talk to her. And talked to her. Has she repented? Yes. Uh, Do you want to live right for God? Yes. And, of course, she had earrings on hanging down here. And she said, I'll even take these things off. Put them on the Bible stand. I had them there, I guess, when I left the church there. I guess they were still on the Bible stand. I don't know. I baptized her in Jesus' name. We talked to her again after church that night. Now, I'm not going to go into de- any detail because some of you will probably know her. I know Sister Dawson probably will. So, uh, But I want you to know, church, we talked to her after church that night and begin to explain about coming to the house of God and what's required as being a Christian. Everything was fine until it come to sin. And come find out she was still living in sin, and she wasn't going to give it up. She, wa- she wasn't about to give her man up. Now listen to me. I'm not the pastor, and I don't want it, I'm... Stepping out of line, you let me know here. But I want you to know tonight, church, you can't, you can't live in sin, come to church, and run the aisles and go back to the same thing. It, it just don't work that way. But I want you to know tonight, church, that uh, I don't know where she is tonight, but at least she can't say that she didn't hear it. So, you know, everything was A-OK until you started talking about uh, coming to church and living for the Lord and all these kind of things. And, well you know, come when you want to and when you don't feel like it, just don't come. The rich man could see what he missed. There was a great gulf fixed. Now listen to me. I can't run the aisles like I used to. You know, Brother Allen did a fantastic job Sunday morning. And he was talking about, you know, and he was running the aisles and he said, and shouting and spitting and so forth. Well, I used to do that, too, and snort and carry on, you know. But I I would even have to have another shirt to put on after church that night. I would sweat so. But I want you to know, the mind and the heart says, do it. But the body says, no, you're not going to do it. (laughs) The rich man could see what he missed, but it was too late. The second thing tonight is they huge them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. I like that water tonight. and I don't even like water, but they say I'm dehydrated, so I have to do something. <laughs> John 7, verse 38 says, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Are you glad for that living water tonight? They hewed them out cisterns. They tried to climb up another way. The Bible tells us if we try to climb up another way, we're the same as a thief and a robber. Hallelujah. Now, water is a liquid that mixes with a whole lot of things. It has no color, no taste, no smell. Well, at least it shouldn't, anyway. And it can exist in a vapor form, uh, a liquid, Our solid state. And as we begin to see, we take water for granted. I was just thinking about this. I I tweaked this just a little bit, all right. But I was just thinking about this when I saw in the news that the Gaza Strip, I think of the water's cut off, electricity's cut off. Church, we don't know how blessed we are tonight. When I was praying this morning, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you have really blessed me over the years. And I believe that. I said, you gave me a a great wife all those years. And I said, you gave me two great boys, and both of us are preaching the gospel. And I'm thankful for that. I'm blessed. I'm so blessed tonight. Are you blessed tonight? Are you blessed tonight? Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, we we cannot take the Spirit of God for granted. Now, I'm getting to where I'm going to, okay? And when I get there, you'll know it. So again, like I, I should say, John seven thirty eight says, He that believeth. He that believeth, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's why Revelation 21, verse 6 says, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst. You have to be thirsty for this thing. Of uh, the fountain of the water of life freely. How thirsty are you tonight? Do you need a fresh drink? Do you need a, a fresh renewing of the Holy Ghost? How long has it been? How long has it been? Revelation 22 and verse 1 says, And he shewed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal." Proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Verse 17 says, And the Spirit said unto the bride, Say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst. Are you thirsty tonight? Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. This thing is free tonight. You say, well, you just got to tell me that it, it's, a, it's a cost to it. It is. It's free. But you have to give up some things in the world. The drunk doesn't drink anymore. And you can move on in other other parts, if you please. So, do you need your system, or your heart, if you please, mended tonight? Where are you going to get it? Right here at the house of God, in the church, at the altar. Adam Clark, one time, said in one of his uh, uh, commentaries, says, there is no eternal life without the Spirit. No Spirit without Christ. And no Christ to give the Spirit without dwelling in the heart. This is the whole doctrine proclaimed. It has to start in the heart tonight. So let's talk about sisters just for a moment. Broken sisters. There was a cistern on a piece of property that I got a few years back. In fact, I've got some fantastic neighbors. And I actually bought it from uh, my uncle, and he had bought it from another, which was all kin folks. The guy that originated it, there was his wife, his wife's grandpa, and my grandpa were half brothers, so we're connected there a little bit. All right, and, and in fact, I was talking to him. Monday, said, out there, talked to him, and I got telling me about this sister. Now he wa- uh, wasn't in on the scene during that time, so he didn't know anything about. It much about the system. But let me tell you something about the system. As a lad, I can remember them doing some things to the cistern. It was built several years ago, and this man, he took, now now you get vinyl ones, I assume. And uh, uh, he took concrete blocks, uh, I think it was like the four-inch solid ones, and he built it, and he built it around. It was probably about six foot in diameter, and I don't know, eight or ten feet deep because he didn't have a ladder to get down in it to, to do it. And he had a flat top on it and a hole that was just big enough for him to get in, to get inside to clean it. Because it had to be cleaned out. It had to be tested. Uh, now, you, I guess you've gathered by now that this was before county water come out there, all right? And they had a filter system run into it. But I want you to know that because of all this, Uh, It had to be cleaned out on the inside. Church, how do we get our stuff cleaned out? Right here at an old-fashioned altar of prayer. Now, I don't know what he used to seal it with. I really don't. But I do know this, that about two weeks ago, I was bush hogging up there, and I had already taken a sledgehammer and knocked uh, these concrete blocks over into the well uh, or the cistern because uh, I was afraid some kid would get in it because it was still standing full of water. And my tractor tar run over in the front one where it was. I thought, uh-oh. I'm going to have to go get Brother Shane to pull me out, I think. <laughs> no, I thought, well, I'll have to get somebody to pull me out of this. But it came out. Now, I said all that to say this. After all the, uh, the, these years... And after all the uh, dry weather we've had, it was still in water. Up around those concrete blocks, up ground level, it was still in water. So what are you saying? I'm saying tonight, whatever that he used years ago to seal that cistern on the inside to keep the water in, and he sealed it on the outside to keep the uh, surface water out was still holding. I'm believing this. You get the inside sealed, you get the inside cleaned up, and it's going to show for that on the outside. How do we reseal it? Do we have to go and go down into it right here at an altar prayer? We get a refilling, it, get a renewing, if you please. That's why tonight, church, that it's, it's still just one Lord, one faith, one baptism tonight. Uh, tonight in the word of God said Jesus had said and no man put a new wine into old bottles else the new wine doeth burst the bottles and the wine is spilled and the bottles will be marred but new wine must be put in new bottles so in other words we have to have a cleaned up heart because the Holy Ghost is not going to dwell in an unclean temple it has to be cleaned up come on it has to be cleaned up a few years ago, uh, Pat and I, uh, we went to the Biltmore House in North Carolina, and I'm sure some of you have been there, and we took a tour of the winery. And I don't know, there was a little cup there. It was probably about that big. I don't know. And they had all kinds of samples. Oh, this wine here is such and such, and wouldn't take it. Think how you like the taste pushed ours back. This went on, there was enough wine glasses there, and we we passed on that, okay? But there was enough wine glasses there that we would have been legally drunk. And what are you saying? There was people that was lined up just to be able to get that taste. Just to get that taste in their mouth. I don't want I don't need that taste. I never have had it. I never have been a drunk, I never have drank, and uh, beer, whiskey, or any of that uh, stuff, anything alcoholic, I have not done that, and I'm just too old to start now. I'm just too old to start now. So God has sealed us through the power of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) He sealed us by his everlasting power. He said, who has also sealed us and given us the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. And again, I repeat. He that believeth on me as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So back to the cistern just for a moment. So from time to time he would move the top off and he would get uh, he would actually have to do it with a pump. Only then he'd have to draw it out and empty the cistern and get in there and reseal it. He'd done that to make sure that he would stay in church. I want you to know so we all have to have to pray and seek the face of God from time to time. We've all got our times when we pray. Your time may be different from mine. Now you know I've voiced this before. I, I don't really sleep all night like I should, but uh, 9 o'clock in the morning is my prayer time. That's just convenient for me. But I want you to know, everybody has their own different uh, prayer time, if you please. So, and I'm, I'm winding down, all right? So we know from time to time he'd get inside and he would seal the uh, cistern from the inside. Could that be a type of the altar for us? Could that cistern be what's in her heart? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Could that be the renewing of the Holy Ghost? Are you following me tonight? So if your life is broken tonight, fix it. Don't just muddy the water, fix it. Isaiah 12, verse 3 says, Wherefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Revelation 22 and verse 2 again says, In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yield her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were the healing of the nations. Anything that grows, it has to have water. So if you're going to grow in God, you have to have the Holy Ghost to move and keep you going, keep you on on the journey. So if your uh, life is all broken, you have be like the sister, Get it resealed, re- if you please. John said, 15, verse 19, says, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. The world hates us. All you got to do is just look at what they're doing now. On the campuses and around different places now, what they're protesting in response uh, supporting the terrorist attack. That's what kind of nation that we are living in right now. I, I, Psal- Psalms 40, verse 2 says, He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the mire clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. Brother Kevin Cook, there's your pit. He brought us out of that Mari clay, didn't he? He brought us out. Again, I repeat, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow flow rivers of living water. Now, what is living water? Living water is something that's alive. So with our walk with God tonight, when you get the inside cleaned up, get it sealed, people's going to see it on the outside. So if your filtration system is broken tonight, not keeping out of the infirmities, if you please. Now, what he would do is, and if you lived in the city all your life, you probably can't relate to this. But he had gutters going down the side of his house and uh, piped it over toward that the rainwater would go into that filter, and the filter would filter it on into uh, the system. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know what he uh, used to filter. It could have been charcoal, whatever, I don't know that. Uh, but I want you to know tonight that when God comes on the scene and he cleans you up, it'll make a difference in your life. Stay with me tonight. While the praise team is coming tonight, I realize we've done had a great service, but there's still something that needs to be done. i got another little story I want to tell you. I said it at the ending of it. And I want everybody to give me your attention right now. Some time ago there was a woman that went to church. She went all time. Wouldn't will heal. Thank the Lord for that. But there come a time when one of her family members backslid. The whole family quit church. If you're considering quitting church, please don't. There was a sister from the church who went to try to more than one try to talk to her, tried to get her to come back to the house of God. And what she said hurts to the core. She said, "I should have quit two years ago. I've been backslid for two years. I just played the part." She had long hair. Long dresses, no makeup, appearance of holiness. We shout and run the aisles, but her heart needed fixing. Now listen where I'm coming from tonight. You don't know how much time you've got left. She passed away not too long after this. Now I told Brother Cook, I said this might be an evangelistic type of uh, message, I don't know. I'm not only talking to the young people. But young people, are you playing a part tonight? Are you playing a part? Are you doing just enough to get by to satisfy Brother Chris? Listen, this wasn't a young woman. She was a grandma. And that was the attitude she had. So if she can backslide and still come to the house of God, somebody else can too. I'd like to submit unto you tonight, church. I don't know what happened to her. I don't know whether she ever got back to God or not. I do know she passed away. I'd just like to say, where do you stand tonight? Are you playing a part? Well, Johnny, he's shouting. I'm going to shout. Well, Susie's jumping over I'm going to jump too. That's all right if it's right here, but if it's not right there. Are you playing a part tonight? Do you need something tonight? We're no longer talking about automotive codes. You don't have to look in a manual to see what the code is. It's in the Word of God. All you have to do is just look look to Jesus. It's right there in the Word of God. That is our diagnostic equipment tonight. So I'm going to open the altar up one more time tonight. And if you're here, Now, brother, Nathaniel has already said that there's somebody here, and I believe that, that needed to move. We're giving you another opportunity tonight to move. Are you playing a part tonight? Are you just going to do the best you can just to get by? It doesn't matter what size you are, what color you are, what gender. Where you have hair, where you parted on one side or to the other side. If you just give your heart to God tonight, He'll clean you up. One man one time said, "Well, I want, I, I, I want to see them come into the house of God, and I want to see them cleaned up." You don't catch. I'm not a fisherman, but you don't catch your fish. You don't clean your fish, then you catch them. Are you following me tonight? So if you're lost tonight without God, he wants to deliver you tonight. That's not been confirmed. He wants to deliver you tonight. That's why that when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, he said, what? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That sealing power that seals the cistern, on the inside he wants to give it to you tonight while I turn the service back to Brother Chris tonight you're here tonight what if this is the last service you're in you say well I didn't really feel like it tonight there was a man one time a young boy I had him in school His mother went to our church. Some. Sometimes she did. Sometimes she didn't. I very seldom go back and talk to anybody about coming to the altar. That's fine. If the Lord deals with you that way, that's fine. Make sure that the Holy Ghost is leading you to them. I went back there and I put my arm around him. I said, James, I said, God wants to do something for you tonight. He said, Mama told me I'd know when the time come, and tonight's not the time. Okay? Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You know, he can knock, but if you don't open the door, what's it going to profit to you? I don't know where he is tonight, but the last time I heard, he was serving some, uh, time in prison. And the girls, his sisters, were all out of church. What are you saying tonight, Mama, Daddy? Make sure you tell that young one the right thing. Cause if you don't, the blood could be dripping from your fingers. If you're here tonight, would you just would you just come and pray? He said, "Well, I'd like to have deliverance. You can have it in the house of God tonight." I know that there's somebody here. Now listen to me. I'm not putting a disclaimer on it, but whether you come or not, it's been confirmed that somebody here needs this tonight. It hadn't been too long ago that Brother uh, Pastor Cook uh, touched on some of this because I told him one time. I said, I kept saying, Brother Cook, stay off my message. What if this should be the last night? What if this should be the last night You'll never be able to stand before God and say, God, I didn't have an opportunity. We're giving you an opportunity right now. Well, you're not an evangelist. You're too old to be an evangelist. I'm telling you the Word of God tonight. Would you come tonight while we turn it back to Brother Chris? We have a few more minutes. Come on, why don't we pray together?